and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today I will be talking about The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. I'm sure you're shocked. I'm sure you're absolutely shocked to hear that I am talking about this book. And the reason you're probably shocked is that it is a psychological horror novel and I do not read horror novels. This is a thing I've said multiple times on my podcast and in an Instagram post. I don't I don't read horror novels because I don't like scary things. I read before I go to I read these books before I go to bed usually. And the last thing I need to read before I go to bed is something that's going to give me nightmares and make it harder for me to sleep than it already is, okay? I don't need extra insomnia on top of my insomnia, if that makes sense. So that's probably why you're shocked to hear I read this. However, the reason I read it was I joined a book club. I know. Isn't it, like, I think the most wild part about me joining this book club is that it's my first book club, minus the one I was in in fourth and fifth grade with some girls from my Girl Scout troop and our moms. That was a fun book club, okay? We would rotate who picked a book, and then whoever picked the book, we would, like, discuss it, which, okay, whatever. And then we did some sort of themed activity. And so, obviously, I was extra as anything. And one year, I picked a book called The Egyptian Game, I think. And so then, I made my mom print out all these little pictures of Egyptian gods, and then we did a scavenger hunt. And it was basically, I used to do these for my brother and his friends all the time. You'd print out two copies of each picture and then paper clip them together and then hide them around outside. And you would have to find the right one that you were looking for. And then it would you would see, okay, it matches. And then you would look to see what the next picture was and then go from that. The first book we ever read was The Tales of Devereaux, which I hated. The stupid mouse book, I didn't like it at all. I feel like I remember everybody else liked it, and I was like, I hated this book. But I was also like, I don't know if I can say that I just hated this book when everybody else enjoyed it, which is something we'll talk about later in this episode. And so then we painted little bowls with like a mouse at the bottom. And then when I was in college, we had mice in our place junior year and sort of senior year. So as a joke, my mom was like, bring this bowl there. So we had like our mouse bowl. Nobody used it though. Obviously it's cursed. You don't want to use a mouse bowl when you don't want mice. But anyways, this was my first book club. I joined it. If you are a regular listener here, you probably know that I moved recently If you are new, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in and being here. I hope you are enjoying this so far. It's kind of par for the course. So my mom was like, why don't you join a book club? I was like, okay. So I went on to my like local library's website to see if they had any book clubs. I was like, that's a good place to start. And they had a bunch, but they were all virtual. And I was like, I think I should join one in person because then I can meet people. So I picked the one group that said that it was supposed to meet in person. And it's a, the theme of the book club is that we read books by cisgender women, trans women, and other non-binary people who are like groundbreakers in some sort of way, whether they revolutionize the genre like Shirley Jackson did with the horror genre, kind of introducing psychological thriller horror novels into the world. Or, like, whether the characters for some reason are groundbreaking or something like that. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll join that. And then the day of book club, I realized I was actually online. So thank God I didn't drive to the library 
because I would have been the only one there and not let in because it would have been closed. But anyway, so I joined this book club and I'll talk more about that and the reason why this episode is coming out not on the usual Tuesday slash Wednesday slot. It should have this past week is because book club was on Thursday night and I didn't want to record this episode until I went to book club because I felt like I'd want to reflect on that and I do. So one, two minor housekeeping things before I move into the summary or the plot summary section. First, it is raining here. It's supposed to thunderstorm, so it's not currently thunderstorming, but it might, so maybe you're going to hear that in the background. We'll find out. Second, if you don't want The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson to be spoiled, stop here. Go read it, I guess. I mean, I personally wouldn't recommend it, but if you are into that sort of thing, like the other people in book club liked it, so you might like it too. And then come back and listen to this episode. Okay, so without further ado, let's get into the plot summary. I'm probably going to make it short because I finished this book over two weeks ago, but I should have just recorded the plot summary then. But this is going to work up in your favor. Okay, here we go. So this guy named Dr. Montague is an academic and he believes that there's supernatural beings and he wants to study it. So he finds this haunted house called Hill House and he rents it for the summer and he sends out letters to all these people who he believes have had some sort of inner encounter with the supernatural. And of those, only two people come. And then he also has to bring Luke, who is the heir to the house. Nobody in his family likes him because he's a liar and a thief. So the other two people who come are Eleanor, who ends up being our narrator and main character. And she used to take care of her mother. Her mom dies and she has to move in with her sister and brother-in-law and their child. And she's kind of doesn't have a life. And then the other character who comes is named Theodora or Theo. And it is it. She's coded as lesbian and because she lives with a roommate and they had a falling out. And so she decides to just go to Hill House for the summer before going back. And so that happens. And then they show up. We have to sit through a whole chapter of Eleanor on her like drive to Hill House, just like seeing all these places and being like, I could stop here and I could have my life in this cottage with this two stone lions flanking it. Or, oh my goodness, this little girl has her cup of stars and I want a cup of stars and I could have one in my house in the cottage in the forest in the woods. So boring. So boring. I was like, this chapter's dumb. I think part of it's to show she's imaginative or just like what her state of mind is before it devolves through the rest of the novel, but I didn't care for it. So she shows up immediately is like, I should not be here. I should leave, but doesn't leave. She's the first one there. Hill House is creepy. Everything in it is constructed slightly off all the angles, all the walls, like everything's slightly off. So you feel off center there. The door's won't stay open. They slam shut. Even if you try and prop them open, they always close. And it's ugly and it's creepy. It's bad news. So she shows up being put in the blue room and then Theodora shows up and she's in the green room next door. And then they go for like a walk and talk about having a picnic and they're like friends. Ooh, yay. And then the doctor and Luke come back and then they have their first meal. Mrs. Dudley's there. Oh, that's what I was going to talk about. Who's a ghost? who's not a ghost. Spoiler, I don't think anybody was a ghost, but there were multiple times I thought people were ghosts. So, um, what was I saying? Okay. 
So they show up, they have dinner, they're all kind of unsettled. They go to bed, then they wake up the next morning. They're like, nothing bad happened. And then the doctor tells them the history of the house and like how the owner had it. And then his wife mysteriously died right after it was built. She like died, like, I think there's a car accident. She ran into this tree right outside and never saw it. And then he dies and then his two daughters are left there. And then the oldest daughter gets, like, lives in the house. And then she dies and leaves the house to a companion. And the younger daughter then sues because she wants the house, but she doesn't get it. Like, all this crazy stuff. So then creepy things start happening. There's pounding on the doors, intense chill, like, right by the nursery. like, a cold spot. Um, The doctor and Luke are chasing, like, a ghost dog, but they can't catch it. Theodora's like all her clothes in her room is like splashed with blood. There's writing on the wall with Eleanor's name telling her to go home. Like all this creepy stuff. And every time it happens, everyone's like, oh my God. And then immediately once it's done, they're like, haha, that was weird, but we're fine and we're having a good time and whatever. Meanwhile, the good, nice relationships that were being formed at the beginning of the book are all devolving. Eleanor is now convinced everybody hates her. She doesn't like anybody either and all of this negative stuff. Then the doctor's wife and this other dude whose name I forgot show up. They're there for the weekend. And the wife is like very serious about the supernatural. She's brought her planchette, which is basically just a Ouija board, but not. And her and the dude like do the Ouija, do the planchette and they get like a reading that's mostly nonsense. And then at the end, it just keeps saying like, Nell, Nell, which is what they, Eleanor's nickname, Eleanor, Nellie, Nell, Nell, come home, your mother wants you, like, weird stuff like that, and this isn't the first time that a similar message to that has been given, so everybody's like, what the heck, and then things take a turn for the worst. Eleanor, I don't know what happened to her, but she's potentially possessed by the house. She, like, gets out of bed, and she starts, like, running up and down, pounding on everybody's doors, And then she, like, runs through the whole house and everybody's trying to catch her, like, what the heck is happening? And she goes up into the library, which was previously the only place she wouldn't go in the house for whatever reason, goes to the top of the turret, and that's the um, companion ended up committing suicide by hanging herself up there, um, which is, like, part of the history of the house that I forgot to mention. And she's up there and everybody's like, come down, come down. And she finally, like, snaps out of it and Luke brings her down and everybody's like, what the heck? So the next morning, they're like, Eleanor, you have to leave. Like, you can't stay here, whatever. And so they send her home. She's like, I don't want to leave. This is my place. I love it here. Like, whatever. They're like, no, you have to go. They put her in the car, send her off. And she is like, this will teach them. They think they can tell me what to do. No, they can't. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. And then drives herself into the tree and right before she hits the tree she's like why are they letting me do this why did I do this and then she hits the tree and then immediately it switches to like the like that happens and then there's like one pair long paragraph after that and it's like everybody went home back to their lives the end the end the end that was so the now we're moving on to the discussion section so What ended up happening is there was four of us in the book club and the moderator, they were the 
The other two people that were there really liked the book a lot. And one of them had read it before when she was 10. And then she admitted, she was like, that was probably a mistake. But she liked it a lot. And then the other person there liked the book a lot too. And me and the moderator were like, "Mm, I don't know. And the moderator, they felt that the book left them unsettled. And because of the ending so abrupt, like what? For me, I... I didn't dislike this book. I'm not, I'm not going to say I would recommend it, but I didn't hate it. And that's for multiple reasons that I'll get into throughout the rest of this episode. I really did do a good job on the short plot summary, but there will be things I'll be explaining about the plot later on. So I want to first talk about just being in this book club in general and then how the people in the book club felt about the book, which I kind of touched on. Did I? I'll just finish the how the people in the book club felt, because I feel like I mostly kind of talked about that already. So yeah, two of them really liked it. Two of us were not as sold on it. And how I felt about book club. Now, I am going to go back and try again in November and see how it goes. We're reading The Power, which is like the premise is that all women wake up one day and they have the power of electricity. My friend um, really likes that book a lot, so I have high hopes for it. I think it should be good. And it's a bit more up my alley than The Haunting of Hill House was. I, like I said, this is my first book club in a long time. And this is so, this is my book club with myself and with my lovely listeners, except for the fact that you don't tell me your opinion because I'm just talking to a microphone and a computer screen and not an actual person who then talks back with me. And so when I do these episodes, I just write down like whatever things that I'm interested in talking about, and then I rant about them or I rave about them. I do whatever about them. I'm not used to having guided discussions about books. I'm just used to being like, yo, this thing was whack. Let me tell you about it. Or I love this, or let me break this down thematically, like whatever I want to do. So it was interesting to, I don't know, like obviously if you run a book club, you're going to have something like that. But I would have liked a bit more informal conversation about the book. But we also all didn't, nobody there knew each other at all. We'd all just met for the first time. So I get it. I played the fool though. I really truly did play the fool. So I didn't like this book that, like, okay, I, I was medium about this book. And The other two people there that really liked the book a lot, one of them like enjoys reading fiction from the 1950s to 70s. I'm like, but why? This is like where I am most like, um, what is the, embarrassed isn't the word I want. Neither is ashamed or uncomfortable. But if you kind of like put those all together at like, that's like the sort of reading crowd that makes me feel the most like I don't know what that word I'm looking for is but like I feel like you understand what I'm trying to say because I just don't like to read that I read a lot like probably obviously definitely way more than the average person and I do read kind of a wide variety of books and genres but I am staying like firmly in the present lane usually and so people who read classics or who read essays or read like horror novels from the 1950s for fun like stuff like that I just have such a hard time talking about books with them because I feel very dumb 
and I was an English major, like, I wasn't a literature concentration, but I took literature classes. Like, I understand how to break down a novel and analyze it and think about themes and, like, messages and understand, like, rhetoric and argument and what's going on and what's being done. Like, I understand all those things, but then I get in conversations with people who read, like, highbrow literature or, like, people who read literature, right? I read books. They read literature. And I just feel dumb. And so I kind of played the fool at book club. Like, I mean, you guys listen to this. So you kind of know how I talk and that I have fun and I'm informal and, you know, I use slang and I'm making jokes. I'm doing whatever. And so I was like doing the same thing. And the whole time I was like, they probably think I'm so dumb. Because I even said at one point, I was like, this book might have just gone over my head. And I think, like, I'm going to talk about this. It either went over my head or it just really didn't hit. And I think it just didn't hit, but I used, like, that it went over my head. Because, like, I didn't think it was scary. That's the point I want to talk about later because it's a horror novel, so it should be scary. And so I'll talk about that in a bit. Let me just wrap up my thoughts about book club. So I'm hoping next time when we're reading a more contemporary novel even though it's not a contemporary, like, it's not contemporary fiction, but whatever. I'm hoping it'll be better. I did genuinely like everybody there, and everybody was super nice, and I was interested to hear their thoughts and opinions and all of that, but I did feel a bit of a fool in book club, which is not a great feeling to feel. So, mm, we're gonna give it another shot, see how it goes. I didn't feel, like, so awful that I, like, got off and cried about it or anything like that, but... I did feel a bit of a fool. And so throughout the rest of this episode, I will be referencing conversations that I had with the book club, their opinions, things like that, which is why I wanted to open with this. And so since I mentioned the scary factor, I just want to, let's just hop in there next. So before and after reading, so like this actually, The Haunting of Hill House is a Netflix series now. It came out in 2018 and it was super popular apparently. I didn't watch it because obviously I don't like scary things. And so if you read or if you watch that, you might vaguely see it was very, very loosely based off of this book and that they use the same character names in some of the stuff that happens. But then instead of them being strangers, they turn them into family members and they change up some of the stuff. And so I'll, I'll touch on the show briefly in my am I a ro- am I a romantic? Are the romantic undertones or am I just a romantic section? Because I'm bringing it back, everybody. I know you're excited about it, even though I couldn't remember how I titled it because it's kind of a long title for a section. Anyways, scary factor. So this book was like revolutionary because Shirley Jackson was like one of the first people to truly like take that psychological horror and give it to you. And Stephen King has called this like the scariest book he's ever read. And I didn't find it scary at all. Not one bit. I didn't find it that unsettling. It just didn't do it for me, which is why I was like, did it just go over my head or did it just not hit? I think it just didn't hit because Stephen King thought it was scary. The moderator thought it was unsettling. The other two people in book club also thought it was kind of creepy. And I was like, some of this is kind of creepy, but also I don't find it that scary. And I think that there is 
potentially two reasons why one is not as relevant as the second one. So the first is I only read this during the morning. I read it like when I had short little breaks at work or like in an a-, a sunny afternoon outside. So time-wise, I didn't read it at night, which would make me more susceptible to being scared. Secondly, or p- part B of my first one, first point, I don't know what I'm saying. Oh my God. So the second point, no, but it's not the second point. Part B of point one is that I read it over two weeks, one chapter a day, only one chapter a day. And I would read like three pages at a time, set it down, do some work, come back, read another three pages, set it down. So I think reading it that intermittently might've also dulled it down for me because it was short. It was not long. And if I had sat down and read it in one sitting, it probably would have been scarier than only reading a couple pages at a time. Now, I didn't want to be scared, so I'm not upset that I read it that way. But I think that if you do want to be scared or have those thriller feelings, you should not read it like I did. So that's that's a point right there. The other point, the other reason I don't think I found it scary is I actually said this in book club and people were like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It's like, it kind of depends. So basically Jackson chose not to explain a lot of what people saw. Like you don't know a lot of it. So at one point, um, you they never, so there's the pounding on the doors that I mentioned and they never open the door. So you don't know if something's actually outside the door not pounding on it or if it's just in their heads or if um, there's nothing there, but it's still pounding, so the house is doing it, you never learn that. At another point during the book, um, Eleanor and Theodora are outside at night for some reason, I can't remember why, and they end up, like, they're going, 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 Theodora looks back, and then she screams, run, run, don't look back, don't look back, run, and so Eleanor doesn't look back and we're inside her head, sort of. And so the two of them run and then she never tells Eleanor what she saw. So we as a reader don't know what Theo saw that scared her so much, but she like was truly terrified, but we don't know what it was. And so like there's just a lot of things like that. Or at one point during like the pounding on the door, Eleanor thinks she's holding Theo's hand because after Theo's room is trash, she like sleeps in Eleanor's room. And um, they like, then at the end of the chapter, it's like, oh my God, whose hand is this? Because it's not Theo's hand. But then that's never discussed again. And it's never revealed like what was going on with that. The one thing that was kind of weird. So like things like that happen or like everybody saw the blood on Theo's clothes like everything was ruined and then the morning Eleanor is like sent away to leave they like go back in the room and the room is perfectly fine nothing is out of place her clothes are not trashed anymore so that is kind of weird so like those are just examples most of the examples of like the fact that Jackson is not explaining but she's rather I guess what probably was going on is she's letting your imagination fill in the blanks and my imagination did not want to fill in the blanks I did not think it was scary. So, like, basically, like, the whole thing with Theodora, like, book club was, like, yeah, that was so spooky, like, whatever. And I was, like, I didn't say this, but in my mind, I was, like, bro, it's not that spooky because I don't even know what was there. I don't know. I don't know what was, like, 
So I said this to my mom, like, after book club. I was like, so I think that, like, if you have an overact... No, I do have an overactive imagination. I truly do. But, like, I didn't want to fill in the blanks. And I also just was focused on reading it. And I was like, oh, not... They don't know. Like, it's not said. And so for me, I was like, it's not that scary because I'm not being forced to read the scary thing. I'm just being told that they're scared by something, but you don't know what it is. Which, to me, is not that scary. But to people in the book club, it was scary. And to other people, like Stephen King, apparently, who's like, you know, man of the horror novels, like whatever, he also finds that scary. So I think that part of it is like, do you find it scarier? That was something we talked about. Like, do you find it scarier that it's not explained what they saw? And for a lot of people, I guess the answer is yes. For me, the answer is no. I don't find that scarier because it's not there. I don't want to imagine it. Now, if it was some other book or and something wasn't explained, you know that I like to write scenes. I like to make up maybe what happened. But for this book, I had no desire to do that. And that kind of leads me into the next point about asking whether the house was haunted or not. This was something we also talked about book club. And we all decided that we thought that the house was haunted. That But we also said that we thought it was the actual house was haunted. There wasn't a ghost in the house doing haunting, if that makes sense. So, like, we thought the house itself was evil. I thought the house itself was evil and that it itself was doing the haunting. And to me, that makes the most sense. There's apparently another theory online and in, like, and not just online. I'm sure there's been, like, papers written about it and whatnot, that Eleanor has psychic abilities and that she was making the things in the house happen. Eleanor is our narrator. She is a very unreliable narrator. And so, like, there's, like, things... She'll, like, think about things, and then they might happen. And so people are like, oh, maybe she's psychic. And then there's also all the messages that are directed specifically at her. So it's a question of, did the house target her? Or was she doing it herself? Now, I can kind of see the argument, like, her subconscious was like, you should not be here, Eleanor, and was kept sending messages for her to go home, because they all should have gone home. They should never have gone in the first place. But they, everybody, the two women didn't know they were going to a haunted house. So, like, I can't blame them, but they should have left. Um, so, like, theoretically, she could have been subconsciously, psychically, like, sending those messages. However, I personally prefer the... Um, theory that the house itself was haunted. And then I guess that means it would have targeted Eleanor. And she was definitely the easiest target because she was the most unsure about herself. When they're talking about, like, when they're getting to know each other at the beginning of the book, they all kind of, like, make up, like, fake stories. Like, oh, Eleanor is a princess. Like, and she lives in a castle. Like, blah, blah, blah. But then later in the book, they actually are, like, talking about their actual lives And at one point, Eleanor lies and says she's 34, but she's actually 32. And then she thinks, why did I lie and just add two years to my age? I'm like, bro, why did you lie and add two years to your age? And then later, Theo's like asking her like where she lives and she lies and says she lives in the cottage with her cup of stars and the stupid cup of stars just keeps coming up. And so that the cup of stars is this little girl at the diner or wherever she ate lunch at home has this cup and at the bottom there's stars so when she drinks her milk she can see the stars at the bottom which doesn't make sense to me because milk is not clear so I'm not really sure how you're seeing something at the bottom of your cup when you're drinking your milk but whatever 
Well, just if you drink some water, you could see the stars at the bottom, I guess. But so Eleanor keeps talking about this stupid cup of stars. I'm like, bro, I don't care about it. I don't care about it. So like she's a she's a liar. I've decided I think she's like a liar. She's lying because her life is lame. She lives in a cot in her like niece's bedroom and she doesn't have a job and like whatever. And so like I get it. I get wanting to lie about it, but, like, so I think that she was the most, like, unsure of who she is and what her life was, making her the easiest target for the house to truly torment. We were also only in her head, so we don't know if the house was doing anything similar to anybody else. However, it definitely got her the most because she did act potentially possessed twice when she's running around banging doors and going up to the top of the library and when she drives the car into the tree. So, that is my the theories about the house being haunted i want to talk briefly about the characters and then ghosts and i just want to mention right here that shirley jackson actually wrote the short story the lottery which if you went to school in america they probably made you read the lottery in high school i know i had i read it at least twice in high school and once in college and it's basically the short story about these people that live in a town and every year they have a lottery and whoever the loser is gets stoned to death and they think that they have to do that to have like good crops even though everybody else around them has stopped doing the lottery really messed up there's like a film a short film version also really messed up and so like i just feel like you should know that to know that that these authors are the same Okay, so now talking about the characters, I think another reason I didn't like this book is I didn't like any of the characters. None of them were doing anything for me. I disliked them all. Eleanor was a compulsive liar. Theodora was mean. Now, one thing that book club did bring up is that Eleanor is an unreliable narrator, so you don't really know, like, if she's just, like, reading into things, but maybe I was just gullible and, like, really, like, just accepted whatever Eleanor was telling me, but Theodore was mean, like, definitely making fun of her at different points, and, like, I just didn't care for her. Um, Luke was kind of a rogue, kind of a cad. I didn't care for him. The doctor, he was fine, I guess, but, like, I didn't really, I wasn't rooting for anybody, you know? So, I think that's part of it, but now, I did tease it earlier. Let's do a are there romantic undertones or am I just a romantic segment between Theodora and Eleanor? I mentioned earlier that Theodora was coded as a lesbian. That was something we talked about at book club. I immediately picked up on it, whatever. But what I also picked up was weird romantic undertones between her and Eleanor. And I don't want to say weird is not, I'm not saying weird like, oh, it's weird that two women are flirting. But it just, like, felt like, were they, like, I feel like what it was is I was like, am I in my head about this? Because I already feel that Theodora's been coded as lesbian. Am I reading into these interactions? Or are they actually, like, not necessarily flirting, but is the romantic tension between them? But also, you have to think about the time period. This was written in, like, either the 1950s or 1960s. I can't remember. And so, like, female friendships and acceptability of how female friendships worked were very different then. Like, you could do and say certain things then that were just, like, friendly that now people would be like, bro, that's, like, romantic. 
you know? And so, like, I don't know. If I was just reading into that, I brought it up at book club and the moderator asked me to explain it more and I did my best and then we just kind of moved on from it and nobody else said anything about like if they also felt those vibes because throughout the book, Theo's like trying to like push Eleanor towards Luke and then originally Eleanor's like, oh, I don't know. And then she's like, wait, no, Luke kind of sucks. But like, I don't know, Theodora and Eleanor had a lot of interactions and they just felt loaded to me. So do with that information what you will. If you've read this book or if you do read this book after that, let me know how you feel about that. Did I just like make it up or was it there? And so finally, touching so briefly because I'm running out of time on ghosts. There was this caretaker lady who like did the meals and cleans and she only spoke like the same like sort of words over and over again as if she were like a non-player character where you go up to them and they only can say certain things. And so I was like, maybe she's a ghost. Then there was another point that I thought Eleanor was a ghost because she's like, she went around and eavesdropped on everybody and like their conversations and what they were doing. And they never mentioned her. And it felt like maybe she should have been mentioned. And I was like, maybe she's like not real. And it's like made this all up in her head. And she's like a ghost that lives there. And so she's like inserting herself in the situation. I don't know. And with that... I'm going to call it a wrap on The Haunting of Hill House. But side note, the moderator also brought up why is it titled The Haunting of Hill House, not The Haunted Hill House. And I didn't have a good answer for that. I'm not really sure why. Maybe I'll Google it. Maybe I won't. So with that, let's get into that closing section. Follow me on Instagram at I read a book once blog. You could also DM me your thoughts and opinions on this episode, this novel, or this podcast at that account. The picture for this episode probably sucks because I read this book on my phone and it was an ugly cover on my phone and I don't have another phone to take a picture of my phone. So yeah, but my other photos are pretty sweet. You can also email me your thoughts, opinions, and comments at ireadabookonesblog at gmail.com and also please like, rate, subscribe, and review my podcast. I would appreciate it so much and love you forever if you did that. Next week... This was the first in my Halloween sort of like seasonal reads. And I forgot to mention earlier that I'm not usually a seasonal read person. I'll talk about this probably in the X-Hex, which is, spoiler alert, the next episode. But um, it just so happened with the book club and the book of the month pick, and I already was playing the Finch Merlin Halloween series, that this was happening. That I just became a seasonal October person for the first time in my life. So next week, I will be talking about the X-Hex by Erin Sterling. I don't know. It's a pen name, which is revealed at the end that she's actually Rachel Hawkins. So I'm not sure why I used a pen name if it was revealed immediately in your author bio, like the second line. So I'll be reading that. I'm only like 50 pages in. It is a romance novel about a witch who curses another witch and craziness happens and they used to be in love, but now they're not, but maybe they still are. I don't know. We'll have to keep reading to find out. That episode is going to come out after I finish it and before the last week of October. Not really sure what day, so just keep an eye out for that. And then the last week of October, I'll be doing my Finch Merlin three-part Halloween series. So stick around. It's sure to be a blast and super fun. This was I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and I'll catch you guys next time.